We offer three legal apprenticeships. We have the paralegal apprenticeship, which George has completed. Then we have the solicitor apprenticeship, and then we also offer a graduate solicitor apprenticeship. The benefit of working alongside learning, although it's almost seems like quite a stressful topic, they merge together and they really help. Hello everyone and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sixth form, university, thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. This episode is sponsored by the University of Law. The University of Law offers a range of undergraduate and postgraduate courses and master's degrees alongside an award-winning pro bono clinic so you can build up your legal experience while studying. And their experienced career service will enable you to put your best foot forward when launching your legal career. The courses are employment focused and based on real legal practice so you'll be better prepared for the workplace. Part-time and online study options are available so you can work and study at the same time. Click the link in the description box of the podcast to find out more about the courses on offer. Hello everybody, welcome to this episode of the Student Lawyer Podcast. My name is Stephanie and I am the host of today's episode. On the show with me today, I'm joined by Tom Lumley, partner and Georgia Parrish, solicitor apprentice of Plexus Law. Tom's area of expertise include sports and leisure, retail and hospitality, and construction and engineering. And he supports clients with the resolution of disputes and the forecasting and mitigation of emerging risks. Georgia works in the property and casualty insurance team and supports the team and clients predominantly from the retail and leisure sectors. During the episode today, Tom and Georgia both talk about their journeys into the legal profession and their exciting career histories and highlights. We also have an in-depth discussion about the Plexus Apprenticeship Scheme and how it compares to a traditional training contract. Welcome to the student lawyer, Tom and Georgia. It's wonderful to have you here. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for having us. No problem. Um, you know what? I've been really looking forward to this episode now for a really long time. So uh, it's fantastic to finally be chatting with you. So I understand that it is the 10 year anniversary of the Plexus Apprenticeship Scheme this year. So a big congratulations uh, for that. Um, and we're going to be talking more about the scheme later on in the episode. But before we do, um, I just thought that we could, you know, chat about your career history and perhaps some of the highlights of it. So, Tom, why don't we start with yourself? Um, so if you could please introduce yourself to the listeners and explain what your position is as partner in the disputes and emerging risk team involves. Thanks, Stephanie. Well, first off, apologies for the nasally response. I've managed to do the impossible and catch a cold in May. Um, Thankfully, no visuals, but um, it will be my limb sippy tones today. My role, I'm a partner with Plexus Law, and I specialise in insurance dispute resolution. And often those three words themselves, insurance dispute resolution, are enough to lose an audience. So I normally ask, and, and I'll ask your listeners, What would happen if they were sued or a family or a friend's business was sued? Would they know what to do? Would they know how to respond? Um, If they had to face some incendiary allegations and and potentially be in the firing line to pay hundreds of thousands or millions of pounds in damages. So the insurance side is often key. And people, businesses will regularly have insurance. And I imagine uh, many people listening will themselves have insurance policies in some form. So motor, bike, mobile phone, which can offer protection should uh, problems arise. Now, my role and my team's focus is on what we call casualty and property insurance matters. So where there's been injury to a person or people uh, or damage to property, and we will support insurers in their response to claims made by their policyholder customers. So 
What that means is, first of all, we'll have to determine policy coverage, i.e. whether the policy of insurance properly covers the incident and should properly respond to the claim. And then if it does, this is where we then support the policyholder with the dispute. And this can involve offering representation, uh, general guidance, evidence gathering, working with witnesses, experts, and potentially taking matters to court. Um, but ultimately, we, we, we go with the title of resolving of dispute because that's what we're trying to do. And sometimes it can be a matter of um, uh, settling two different sides and trying to bring about the best possible resolution in, well, preferably the uh, making it the most most smooth and experienced as we can. That all sounds very interesting. And you're right, it, it does sound complex and like it could take a while to really get your head wrapped around but I imagine there's a great deal of job satisfaction there and really something to you know sink your teeth in every single day when you show up to the office um so yeah it does sound very interesting what are the types of um well what are the areas of expertise that you work in and perhaps if you could explain the sort of clients that you're um, dealing with as well um, perhaps you'd like to talk about um, one of your most memorable cases. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I predominantly work with insurers, businesses and high net worth individuals with a defence of claims made against them, as well as, as you said earlier, supporting with what we call developing or emerging risks. It's the latter part which is particularly important, uh, the developing risk side, as we're not just responding to or, or solving existing disputes, but we're assisting clients with potential problems with a view to getting in ahead of the curve before they occur and, and, and helping them turn potential challenges into wins. The clients uh, we look after are varied. They're predominantly London market insurers, uh, as well as a host of corporate clients, which span gyms, restaurant chains, spa groups, sports associations, construction companies, and we also undertake local authority work for, for councils. It's a sufficiently niche but varied practice, and we get an opportunity to work with and, and support a lot of different people and businesses, which is good. In terms of a memorable case, over the past come on, 15 years, been fortunate to have quite a few. Many, many can be quite sensitive, uh, but one that always comes to mind involved a product liability matter. Uh, in that case, I was defending a large retailer who was sued after a customer purchased cement from them and, and suffered some burns. Uh, the customer had taken the product home to lay some tiles, and as she was doing this, cement had apparently seeped through her trousers onto her skin, causing awful burns to her legs. Um, she had permanent scarring, and as I say, um, they were very, very bad burns. Uh, the regulator attempted to prosecute my client, which did not succeed, but the customer then elected to sue the business for a large amount of compensation. There was no doubt that she'd suffered nasty burns across her legs uh, with scarring, and we had to work with medical experts, plastic surgeons regarding revision, but it was the liability issues. So the, the blame element, which is where it became really interesting, uh, and, and with product liability matters, ultimately it comes down to the, uh, the safety of the cement and was it as persons generally were entitled to expect it. So we were looking very carefully at uh, the warnings on the packaging and the instructions and general knowledge here. It was it was it was it was particularly good fun because we built up a good relationship with this with this retailer over a number of years, and so we were able to work closely with their in-house quality assurance team. They're absolutely fantastic individuals. They had decades of product-specific experience. They could evidence product testings, no similar incidents, and we could do all sorts of things with so uh, uh, company-wide sales data uh, to, 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 to show this. But then we went a bit further, and to, to get more compelling evidence, we coordinated inquiries with larger cement manufacturers. So to attain evidence that similar guidance was provided across hundreds of thousands of units sold across um, Europe, so it was uh, on a large scale and very compelling. Um, it was quite a few years ago now, but the judge promptly dismissed the claim halfway through a two-day trial, and our client was rightly cleared. But it, it, it came with a lot of a lot of media interest. Um, as, we, as, we, as I say, the claimant had no doubt suffered injury, and, and there was a lot of concern about the, the, the media and the press. So to, to have the claim dismissed 
early on or rather halfway through a, a two-day trial was a was a, a deserved result for the client. That's excellent. Um, it really sounds like you've used your your lawyer powers for, for good. And I, I always love to hear cases like that. Um, and just going back to when you were speaking about the, the clients that you work with, the gyms and uh, restaurants and, and uh, places like that, um, it sounds like you must have been very busy, you know, during the, the height of the pandemic and, and probably still coming out of that now. Um, is that me right? Is that correct in saying? Yeah, it was. We like to say uh, we're there when 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 people need us. It's you know usually it's quick call the lawyers. Um, as, as as much di- dislike as the profession can have, uh, we like to be there when we when we possibly can in, in our clients' time of need. And yeah, you know it was a very scary time for everyone. Uh, I think one of my favourite phrases of the pandemic that I've I've adopted was, uh, you know we're all in the same storm, but we're in different boats. Mm. And I think it was really being able to empathise and understand individual client needs. So you mentioned restaurants and gyms, and yeah, they had similar challenges in some ways, but each one of them was facing a very different set of challenges. And it was important that we were actually able to, 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 to guide them empathetically and, and, and give them the support that they actually needed. Yeah, you're, you're completely right. You know, everybody is dealing with the with the same issue, but everybody is going through different lived experiences. And I think it just yeah. it clearly shows a fantastic lawyer who is able to put different hats on and advise their clients um, in order to reach the best possible outcome. Um, so, you know, well done for that. Um, I'm sure you're on speed dial, you know, for, for many of your clients, if not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> So Georgia, why don't um, why don't we move over to you and um, you know why don't you introduce yourself and maybe explain your position at the firm and why you decided to become an apprentice at Texas Law? Of course, hi Stephanie. Um, I am Georgia. I am a legal assistant, um, but also a solicitor apprentice at Texas. Um, I am in Tom's team, assist Tom with a lot of his cases, as he's already explained the background of all of those, um, and also handle my own cases on the side. Um, as a bit of background of why I went into law, um, I went, I studied law at A-level. My mum and dad have always told me that I'm very good at arguing, so that was the reason that I went into it. <laughs> At A-level, I really enjoyed law. I knew that it was something that I wanted to go into. Um, But I did find at A-level that it was sort of discussed that if you wanted to go into law, university was the route. I mean, I I studied my A-levels about five years ago now, so it may well have changed. But when I studied law, there was no mention at all of apprenticeships for law students. Um, so I actually got a place at university and I went um, I started the course. I was there for about a month and I swiftly realised that when all of my friends were out earning money on apprenticeships and working, that I knew that that was what I wanted to do. I was sort of done with the full time classroom um, antics. So I left uni um, and over the course of the next few months did a few different interviews at different firms. Um, interviewed with Plexus for the paralegal apprenticeship uh, in London and got that place probably about three months after I left university. Um, So yeah, I started at Plexus as a paralegal apprenticeship. Uh, That's a two-year course. And then I've since gone on to the five-year course of the solicitor apprenticeship. Wow, you've got such an interesting journey into law. (laughs) And, you know, I think that you mentioned that you handle your own cases. I wonder if, you know, you're, correct me if I'm wrong, you're a second year apprentice. Yes, yeah. Being a second year apprentice and handling your own cases, that sounds like such a, a you know, a huge responsibility. And, you know, being an apprentice and working underneath, you know, people like Tom um, and other people in the firm, you know, being around these people and learning on the job, I think that this um, learning by osmosis just really really does help a lot in your professional development you know I haven't taken an apprenticeship into law um, but I did actually do an apprenticeship when I finished school 
a hairdressing apprenticeship and you know I, I actually I learned a lot there just by standing next to colorists and stylists yeah. and really watching what they were doing um so I do highly rate apprenticeship schemes um and yeah I like the fact that you're good at arguing as well because I think I think that's one of, one of the things that everyone sort of starts out saying that you know we, we were good at arguing yeah. and then as 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 you come up and, and I'm sure George will echo this it's it's not so much the arguing it's about solving the problem yeah and you realize you're both on a different side or multiple sides of a table depending on who it is and it's how do you bring people together and narrow the issues sufficiently so you tend to start out on one side and you know it's it's making sure that the profession isn't as adversarial as 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 people think um, and like I said, it's, it's, it's the resolving side and making sure that people can walk away from that table, um, or our clients particularly, um, as unscathed as possible. But George's point around the cases, and, and George is in her fifth year now with us, um, so she's, she's had plenty of time as each start off doing a two-year paralegal. Um, she's, and I won't spare her blushes, she's absolutely aced her exams. It's been, you know, we, we get a kick every time her or one of the other apprentices gets their results. They're very modest. They don't like to share it. We're like, what did you get? What did you get? And, and, and it's amazing hearing scores that in my day, you know, they're off the charts now because they are, you mentioned earlier lived experiences, they're actually working on these types of things. And with the cases she's, um, she's handling, again, these are obviously naturally very, very supervised, everything goes through partners um, and, 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 and is signed out. But at, at, at the junior level, this is, you know, when I was George's age, this is what I was doing as a trainee solicitor. Um, and the level of experience George has had practically compared to, 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 to what myself or someone that maybe had gone through the conventional route, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's worlds apart in many ways. Well, congratulations, Georgia, on a smashing <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Tom, so you've been praised for supporting your clients in the development of new and different ways of working. Can you tell us about some of these initiatives and uh, innovations and how you've used legal tech to support your clients' needs? Sure. Um, I suppose uh, doing difference important. It was it was my university's UA Norwich. Uh, their motto was was do different. And it's something that's always appealed to me. Uh, lawyers have a habit of, or I think many of us have a habit of falling into the status quo of we've always done it that way. Um, that's why we do it. So it's quite traditional. And I suppose it's part of the allure of our profession is, is our deep roots in, in tradition. But as the world changes and, and uh, along with it, new challenges emerge, it's, just, it's important that we as lawyers, as, as trusted advisors, uh, are there supporting our clients with these changes and, and coming up with new and different ways of working. That can be both in terms of our service or products or more directly supporting the client with theirs. Often it's taking a step back from the day-to-day and putting yourself into the shoes of your client. We, we mentioned earlier about the uh, all being in, in the same storm but in different boats. And it's, 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 it's developing an understanding of the client's business and anticipating the challenges that they're actually facing. Um, this could be market-wide challenges, so so. So big issues of the day impacting their business. So the more niche day-to-day challenges, perhaps around staffing or process. Um, and, it, and, it's, and it's offering up that, that trusted advisor role and being there as a sounding board when it's needed. We like to think that once you have this, you can have more meaningful conversations with clients and people. You can try to change transactional relationships into deeper, more meaningful relationships. And, you know, you can, you can advise and support with how they might like to overcome various challenges and then hopefully turn potential problems into wins. With some of the things that we've done, I mean, even even some simple points around supporting clients with their internal processes. So one comes too much of a shock, but many businesses, and, you know, I I used to work in in a shop. I think I've turned my hand at most part-time jobs over over the years, the whole way through university and law school and, and before. So, you know, many of the systems within perhaps resale or certain sectors, they haven't changed. So they're still documenting everything. They're still handwriting things. It's still very, very human focused. Um, and it's it's the amount of time and, and, and paper storage and document heavy. And it's, it's, it's focusing on things like digitization of processes or perhaps use of app technology where you can transform this approach. And it gives, it gives our clients, it gives them 
uh, enormous time savings, so cost savings, people morale savings, you know, not having to keep on having to do the same things again. Um, importantly for us, and, and, and it's been a big part of our focus, is, is around sustainable ways of working. So they're no longer having copious amounts of paper, you know, years of storage of paper. And, and again, with, with, with app technology, for example, it's, it's accurate data recording, which is great for, great for evidence and defensibility of claims should they ever, should they ever emerge. Um, data is also a very important part of what we do. Years ago, I mean, if, if I was at law school and someone told me that data would become such a huge part of my job, I'd have probably run a mile. Um, but ultimately, most of our everyday decision-making is data-backed. Um, I imagine you, Stephanie, or perhaps your listeners would have seen the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill, um, demonstrating the power of, of data and decision-making. And, you know, we do it every day when we, we pick our route to work in the morning, we base it on data points and knowledge, so around time of day, traffic patterns, and we reach a decision on how we're gonna do it. So we try to support our clients similarly with data analytics, with a view to detecting trends. This could be on claims, this could be on forecasting risks, um, with a view to mitigating issues before they present. Well, thank you ever so much for sharing that, Tom. I, I really liked what you were talking about when you were talking about doing different um it just goes back to you know george's um point of being good at arguing if you like you know it's having the confidence to give a different uh, perspective on things and to do things differently um and i think that to become you know better and more efficient you know more efficient ways of working as you went on to say tom i do think that you have to be different and and really back your points um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. It can be it can be really simple points. And again, I'm always keen to try and make sure that lawyers, yes, arguing is a forte, but it's 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 not the main purpose of what we do. It's 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 trying to understand that someone on the other side of the table from you has got a very different view. And you know, you can have years of litigation, dispute, people hiding behind correspondence and emails and all sorts of things. Sometimes you need to sit down, try and narrow the issues and and, and actually see, you know. Why are they so frustrated with these points? How far apart are we realistically? You know, and, and, and again, it's, this is where the data-backed point can come in, is what issues are we likely to succeed on? You know, um, and, 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 it's, and, it's, and it's, yeah, just trying to get, get us from hiding behind our laptops, hiding behind our briefs and our books, and, 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 and really trying to solve the dispute. Yeah, yeah. I think that you're absolutely right. We should change this word from arguing to, you know, just looking at every point of view of a situation and making sure everybody is aware of, you know, risks and uh, challenges that could come of, you know, making decisions. I'd like to take a moment to speak about the University of Law, which is the university I decided to study my LPC at. The University of Law is the sponsor of this podcast and makes it possible for us to continue bringing these episodes to you. So we really appreciate you supporting us by supporting our sponsors. What really sets the University of Law apart from other universities is its belief in training students for the real world from the moment they accept a place. The University of Law's experienced career service and award-winning pro bono clinics offer students the chance to get real-life legal experience which can boost employability. They offer a range of undergraduate and postgraduate legal training and master's degrees designed by qualified experts to help students excel at any stage of their career. Their courses are employment focused, honing key skills in a teaching environment based on real legal practice. Part-time and online study options are also available on many of their courses to help students work and study at the same time. If you'd like to find out more about the courses on offer, please click the link in the description box of the podcast. I do see what you mean about running a mile talking about data, um, but I am big on collecting data, even when it comes to, you know, checking my bank balance every, you know, day. I probably should do it do it you know just to keep track of where my money is going you know the the more times you look at something and assess something the more you can um the more easier it is to make informed decisions about you know the best thing to do and where I should perhaps stop spending money and Moneyball 
do you know what? I haven't seen that, but I've, I, it must have been yesterday or the day before I put it on my net, uh, on my Netflix list. Um, so it's good that you have brought that up because now it will be, you know, the first thing that I watch because <laughs> you, you clearly rate it. I highly recommend different roles for the characters, but, you know, you can enjoy it on a number of levels. Very, very good movie. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Um, Georgia, why don't uh, we go back to you now and um, perhaps you could tell us about uh, your career highlights or or one in particular? Yeah, of course. Um, so like you said, I'm in quite a good position for a second year apprentice. Um, obviously, I did do the paralegal apprenticeship, so I had that base knowledge before I went on to the solicitor's apprenticeship. Um but yeah, I've, within the team itself, I've been given very good opportunities to handle my own files. And I would probably say at this stage that a career highlight has to be getting a brilliant result for a client. So I handle a number of um, fast track files um, myself and running one of those files from start to finish and even taking that claim to trial, attending the court myself and being there to watch the successful result coming for the client I think at this stage in my career that's got to be one of the biggest highlights um, also I think when you obviously being on the defendant side another great result for the client is getting a discontinuance so that's even better if halfway through the trial your arguments have resonated with the claimant so much that they feel the need to withdraw the claim so a discontinuance or a trial win is probably definitely my career highlight today that's excellent. Um, just for our just for um, our listeners' sake, if you could just explain what a fast track. Um, of course, sorry, I did think that was. <laughs> um, so a fast track claim. There's different tracks to. Um, obviously, we work in personal injury, um, but across the court system, there's the small claims, the small claims track, the fast claims track, and the multi claims track. Um, so my claims are based usually within either the small or the fast claims track. Um, and the fast track itself is essentially any personal injury claim um, below £25,000. Usually um, claims above that can fit into the category, but the usual standard is that anything below £25,000 fits into that fast track. Um, they're more of the standard run-of-the-mill files and then when you move into the multi-track which is usually where all of Tom's claims are placed um, I do assist him on those as well but they're 25 and over and the more complex cases where there's a lot of expert evidence or a lot of witness evidence and usually gets to like a two-day trial stage um, so it, it just it, the value increases but also the complexity along the scale of the track. Well, that sounds all, you know, really impressive, the work that you're doing, Georgia. Thank um, you. <laughs> it really does. So let's now move on to the apprenticeship scheme, because I'm dying to hear all about this. Um, Tom, can you please start by introducing the apprenticeship scheme, uh, what the training programme involves and who the ideal candidate or candidates are? Yeah, sure. Um, so apprenticeships were launched at Plexus in 2012. They were designed to widen access to the profession. We offer three legal apprenticeships. We have a paralegal apprenticeship, which George has completed, uh, and that lasts a couple of years. Then we have the solicitor apprenticeship, and then we also offer a graduate solicitor apprenticeship. We work with a number of local schools and academies. This is to encourage participation from uh, a wider, broader group, perhaps from unrepresented groups. And we have strong relationships with various training providers. So ultimately, it allows us to shape our scheme in the way that we would like and include a greater range of skills. These can include commercial awareness, horizon scanning, uh, practical use of technology, as, as we believe that these are the types of skills that will help us grow and expand our business whilst, you know, setting up our apprentices, our apprentices for, um, for career success in the future. Wow, that is impressive. And so needed, I think, these days. Um, when I was at school, which was quite some time ago now, um, there didn't really seem to be any of this stuff around. And I think that you... Um, you guys have, have clearly been um, 
one of the first, I guess, to do it, you know, 2012. I just don't think this kind of help to underrepresented, um, you know, background students, this, this help really wasn't available to them then. So I think it is a fantastic thing um, that you guys are doing. Um, so Georgia, what do you think some of the benefits of being an apprenticeship, uh, apprentice at Texas Law um, are? Uh, just generally, I think there's a lot of benefits to being an apprentice. I mean, when you're looking into an apprenticeship, you, you've got the obvious ones of having no university debt. You're earning money alongside learning all that information. Um, the benefit of working alongside learning, although it's almost seems like quite a stressful topic because you've got two things going on, it, they merge together and they really help. Um, so when you study subjects that also link in with your work, it makes the actual studying of that subject go in a bit more. Maybe, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say easier, but it just makes you understand it in a different concept. Um, but Plexus, obviously, they've been doing the apprenticeship for a really long time. Um, I've been on two apprenticeships at Plexus and the main benefit that I would probably say I've found of being an apprentice at Plexus specifically is that because they've been doing it for such a long time, they know the apprenticeships inside and out. So obviously, recently, there have been changes so that at the end of the apprenticeship, we now have to sit the SQE exams. And um, so I think this year was the first year that Plexus have had an apprentice sit um, the SQE so obviously they'll be learning from that and how to support people in that process um, but generally Plexus because they've been doing it for so long and they know the process um, for example I get um, I only work in the office four days a week and one day a week of that is a dedicated study day so Plexus are really good with that um, if you're on your study day you're on your study day and you're essentially off they don't contact you that is your dedicated day to study and I also get a set amount of days per year for study leave that I can take as and when I feel like I need it and I can also take leave for exams as well and because they've been doing the apprenticeship for so long there's no there's no questioning of why you need that and I can imagine if firms who haven't been doing it for so long might question why you need so much time off and why you need one day per week to learn what you do but the apprenticeship, I, if, I can't stress it enough, it's not something easy to walk into, especially the solicitor's one. And um, there's a lot of work. And I think the last thing that you want is for your employer to be questioning why you're taking the time that you are. Um, so there is none of that with Plexus. They, they know what you need to take, when you need to take it, and they are supportive in that respect. Yeah, I mean, it really sounds like Plexus really bring down the barriers um, and you know really support their apprentices and you know touching on the whole study leave thing I from what I have seen um, a lot of I think that students that are working part-time or you know studying in some kind of scheme they are expected to take study days as holiday um, and you know it's just not a holiday no. <laughs> um, so I, I do think this this study leave is really needed and you know everything that you've accomplished Georgia is just you know you're clearly bright and intelligent but having support from your employer I think that that makes a huge difference as well yeah um, especially within the team itself um obviously Plexus is the all-round at the top and they give you the days that you take but really it's down to your team as to whether they let you take that day and they let you get on with your studying and everything else. And again, I've been really fortunate because the team understand the importance of what we're doing. Um, so yeah, in both respects, it, I am supported in taking those days and just having my time. So that's excellent. Uh, before we move on to the next question. Um, so the apprenticeship scheme, is it available for um, 16-year-olds or is, is it 18-year-olds? The um, It is available for 16-year-olds as far as I'm aware. I know that someone on my cohort, when I started the solicitor's apprenticeship, they came straight out of school. Yeah. Um, so I obviously I went into the paralegal role 
Um, and I did that at 18 once I'd left A-levels, but I believe that it is available to those who just leave school. The solicitor's apprenticeship, I think there might be a requirement for you to have completed A-levels. Yeah. Um, but again, as soon as you're 18, even then, it's quite an early stage to start something as in-depth as the solicitor's one. So it's a really good route straight out of school. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know, I mean, since I've left school, it's the law has changed. So students have to stay in some kind of education until they're 18. But because this is an apprenticeship, the paralegal apprenticeship um, students can join at the age of 16. So I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Um, so, Georgia, you're in your second year of the solicitor apprenticeship scheme now. So how are you getting on in the second year and how does it uh, compare to the first year? Uh, I'm getting on well. Um, I don't want to do so. <laughs> um, so the second year, uh, I my provider for the course is the University of Law. Um, so my second year within that course, I have sat taught law and um, which I sat at the beginning of I'm a I to explain that I'm a September cohort so my year starts from September to September so at the end of last year I sat taught um, in a few weeks time I've got criminal law exam and then I've got critical approaches at the end of the year which has replaced um, EU law so they've taken that out of the syllabus now um, in terms of how it differs between the first and the second year they're quite similar academically. Um, obviously, you have to pass. I have four, I have three exams a year, so every four months, and you have to pass each one, obviously, to pass the course. But the grades from your exams don't actually go towards your final grade, um, which I'm really annoyed about because I got a really good result for taught law, so I wish that had contributed. They don't actually count towards your final grade, so they're almost like entry-level modules. Um, and from year three onwards, the grades count towards the final one. So obviously, I would say that tort and criminal law are harder subjects than those that I sat within the first year. But I think that's natural that as you progress through it, um, the subjects are the more difficult ones as you go up. So academically, I don't think a lot has changed between the first and the second year, but I think the difference between those two years really has to come from the professional side and actually being in the office. Even if people have come straight onto the apprenticeship and haven't done any law-based, um, like the paralegal apprenticeship before, you're becoming more knowledgeable of the law in general as you've completed that first year and you go into your second year. I think whether it relates to the area of law that you're working in or not, you are getting a lot more knowledge. So for me personally, from the first year to the second year, and Tom might agree with me here, but um, I think I've developed professionally and been given more opportunities because I'm developing my law knowledge as I go through the course. So I think that the development side is more professional than academic in the first two years. Yeah, I think that um, I think that professional and personal development as well is just crucial to the academic side as well I think confidence is a big thing if you're confident in your ability and you're confident to ask questions I think that you know it plays a big part in it you're so lucky for not having to do EU law I mean I'm not doing the (laughs) I'm not doing the LPC but I'm doing my LLB and I've just started um EU law this week actually and it's already my least favourite subject. I've got land law after that, and that's a renowned subject for not being great. So I've just done that. I haven't got my my um, my grades back yet, but um... I think every, everyone has everyone has their preferences. But it was very relieved that, uh, given that we specialise in contract and tort, that Georgia <laughs> did very well with tort. Uh, it's 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 always a worry where that's where she's immersed in, but no, it's 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 really good, and I, I think as well these two years have been fab. But it was the preceding couple of years on the paralegal apprenticeship route that really helps with the foundations. So Georgia had already obviously had those under her belt. It gives you an understanding. It's a tough thing to be eighteen years old and thrust into the world of work. It's a completely different demographic of people, uh, different challenges. You know, you're going to have friends off at university. Um, Notwithstanding the pandemic and the, and, the, and the challenges that have happened with, with, with friends, family, and others who've gone to university, but it's, it's a very different dynamic. So it's a big challenge for an individual, but obviously it, it suits some individuals. It works for their preferences. George, I mean, one of them very, very well. 
Yeah, no, I mean, just going from my experience, when I left school at 16 and went straight into my apprentice um, and then had, you know, other jobs along the way before I went back to school and started my LLB. And the soft skills that I got from these jobs and, you know, um, not going into another classroom, I think have really helped my personal and professional development. So, um it's clearly clearly helped yours as well, Georgia. Um, Tom, so we've kind of touched on how you work with apprentices a little bit. You know, um, both you and Georgia have explained that you work together. Um, but if you could perhaps tell us a little bit more in depth how you work with apprentices and how Plexus Law support their um, apprentices' uh, professional development. Yeah, of course. Um, in our office, there are actually three apprentices. We've got one who qualifies as a solicitor this year. I think that will be the first in the national cohort to go yeah. through. Um, they, as said, they work four days a week in the office, one at home, which is a, a, an important study day. And obviously, that's you know that's 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 sacrilegious that you are there to study. Um, it's 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 nothing else. So that's important. They undertake a number of modules as part of their qualification and they run through the requirements of the modules with us as supervisors on a regular basis. So, for example, when Georgia is doing uh, perhaps a contract module, um, we will try and involve her. Again, it will, it will be a simple shout out to the office. You know, do we have something with regarding perhaps terms and conditions, perhaps with a construction agreement, um, perhaps under an insurance policy or something like that where we can get Georgia involved on the interpretation side uh, so that she's actually got some, some lived experience, some actual professional experience in it. And, and again, that helps support Georgia when she's uh, evidencing to her tutors the module that she's working on. Uh, we rotate our apprentices into different departments. Uh, that, that's important. They, they might not have to move physically or literally to a, to a different office or something like that. But it's good that they can see different ways of working, styles, uh, 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 as well as completely different areas of work. You want them to have a, a rounded experience and not just be sat, I suppose, in a, 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 as, a, as, as many of us were historically sat in a paralegal position for too long. You want them to be moving around that developing. It's, it's all about perpetual full momentum. Um, children and I have regular catch-ups. We work together every day. Um, yeah. We'll also have catch up with skills coaches every six weeks. Um, oh, forgive me, sorry, every quarter. Um, and we have a dedicated pastoral support for our early careers uh, and apprenticeship advisors, just again, just to make sure that everything's moving forward, the apprentices are properly supported. Um, but we've worked, I've known George now for about three years. We've, uh, back when she was a paralegal apprentice, we've worked closely together now for over two years we'll work closely on a host of cases together um, she's got her own small caseload of, 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 of a few fast track files where you know she's getting some fantastic results uh, again it's where she's supported on something before she then understands the issues and she can you know build a relationship with the client and, and well take the case to the next level We'll regularly attend seminars uh, run through changes in the law so again one of the advantages of being in the team we all regularly shout out, are you aware of this? Or we might have various blogs that they're a part of. So that's one thing as a lawyer, there is so much reading. Uh, and, you know, it's something that students perhaps think will end. It never ends. You're constantly learning. There's constantly more things. It's all about improvement and, and betterment, which we, we strive to. So there's always, there's always a new case. There's always a new <laughs> process or a change to something that we're doing, whether it's around costs, whether it's around uh, procedure. There's always something new. Uh, and George will also help with a lot of client projects and schemes, particularly where they have juniors or apprentices of their own. It's well, I mean, it's fantastic to have a different, a different set of eyes and a fresh perspective. You know, I, I mentioned earlier about doing different, and I've been doing this for come on for fifteen years, and it's it's nice to have someone else to be able to say, "Why do you do it like that?" You know, I, I, I welcome that because it gives you an opportunity to explain why you do it, perhaps question why you do it. And, and again, it's, it's making sure that we're, we're, we're building a team and a firm and a client offering that supports the existing applicants, but also, you know, what, what the job market's going to look like in the next five, 10 years, you know, the applicants who haven't yet thought about coming in yet, so that we are evolving gradually and there's not this, 
this sudden in 10 years time oh my god we should have done this so it's 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 nice to have that to have that fresh set of eyes that's something that I really do love about the law you know there's there's always something to learn and you know it's it's a never-ending journey um and you know I wonder if Tom if that's why you were so open to you know hearing different um views and you know your junior different different views because you know studying the law and always learning you're more aware that you know it's a never-ending process do you think that maybe that's where this kind of like openness comes from maybe and i, I think one of the, the, the one of the biggest challenges in everything in life is the failure to communicate you know one of the this is a bit of a cheesy thing but i'll, I'll never you know when, we, when you study shakespeare at school yeah some of it might not have been that interesting but if 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 if, if you look at some of the, the, the great tales of like othello or something like that if only they'd have been communicating better you know, half the tragedies would not have become. And it's important to, 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 to be a good communicator, I think, and to openly discuss things rather than just sit back and let it happen. You know, we're, we're all in control of, 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 of that destiny. And it's, you know, we've all got to buy into the direction of where we're going. Um, so, yeah. I was going to say, actually, you said that you have um, these regular catch-ups with Georgia. It does sound like there is a lot of, uh, opportunity there for feedback and clearly line open lines of communication there um, and I wonder if this kind of leads on to my next question of what makes an, a great a great apprentice and then a newly qualified solicitor as well um, clearly one of them is being having the ability to communicate or I might be wrong <laughs> no you're 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 100% right and there's never any I think a big thing is never having any fear of being wrong uh you know that that applies to anyone you know it's if you're wrong it, it, as long as you learn from it it's how you get to right the communicating point there's actually a uh, there's a great podcast by a stanford professor called matt abrahams who i listen to he's, he's a very very interesting guy it's called think fast talk smart they obsess over communication so it's well worth a listen um so i'll stick with the rule of three as it were and um i think enthusiasm and initiative I think that's a big one. We're a professional services business. We're a people business. And if you're enthusiastic and can show um, initiative, you're already on the ladder and doing work. Being clear communicators, uh, a close second. It's so important as a lawyer, as an advisor, to be able to communicate clearly, whether that's um, to court or, or whether it's to your clients or even if it's just members of your team. You know, we, we, we spent a lot of this talking about the, the importance of communication and it increases your understanding and it develops trust. And again, you evolve and move forward from it. And I think third, being intuitive and empathetic. Again, it's probably something that people might not think of for a lawyer and advisor, but someone that can understand people and relationships will go far. You know, if they can bring people along a journey with them, and show genuine understanding. You know, you can adapt your needs. If you've got a client, for example, who hates long, detailed advices, you know, or that, well, guess what? You you summarize it, don't you? You put it into a way you, you customize. I mean, this is this is just very simple stuff. Or perhaps they like things explained to them. Perhaps they like things explained to them face to face. Um, and this is where new technology can come into because with certain clients, you know, years ago we'd pick up the phone and we'd talk things through. But now you can have like a, you know, a Teams call or a Zoom and a coffee or something like that. And it's, 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 it's having that level of empathy and intuition to, to, to really help them. So I think they're the, they're the three, enthusiasm, clear communication and being intuitive and empathetic. I really like um, what you were talking about with the whole empathy thing. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, actually, by uh, Gary Vee, and he was talking about um, um, words that people often get mixed up. And empathy is often, um, well, people tend to only be um, empathetic when they are act when they are feeling sympathy for somebody and those two are often mixed up and that's certainly something that I'm guilty of only having empathy when I'm feeling perhaps sorry for somebody you know it it made me become instantly aware that 
you know, I need to feel empathy for people that, you know, for everybody that I'm communicating with at every single point, because it's, you know, as we were talking about before, understanding lived experiences and everybody's got different lived experiences and it's about having that empathy about what these people are going through at different stages of their life whether you know they're going through a tough time and they um deserve your sympathy or you know any other time uh, which is you know exactly what you were saying so yeah I think the whole um empathy point is very interesting and one that people should um be aware of Absolutely. Um, so, Georgia, perhaps you could explain what the recruitment process entails and how aspiring apprentices can apply. Yeah, of course. Um, my recruitment process was slightly different, um, obviously, because I came in on the paralegal apprenticeship and then internally I moved up to the solicitor's apprenticeship. Um, but my recruitment process for the paralegal one um, for Plexus was obviously the place that I looked to find the apprenticeships was actually on the government website. Um, I, I would recommend that somewhere that people look. There was quite a few different options on there um, and Plexus had posted their one on the government website. I applied for that. I was then called in for an interview with a partner and the office manager of the London office. Um, within that interview, you have the standard interview where you have the chat across the table. Um, but also because of the nature of the apprenticeship and it's intended for people that obviously do come straight out of school. Um, there were a few tasks that they set you to do in the room and they leave the room. Um, but they, they were quite basic, but it was just making sure that you were able to work in an office almost and use the technology and have a basic level of understanding of um, what it takes to just communicate with people in an office environment completed those tasks had the interview um, and then later on I think it was about a week later I got a call back saying that I'd got the position for the paralegal apprenticeship internally for the solicitor's apprenticeship I can imagine it's quite similar to an external applicant and um, because I still had to apply um, Plexus send round a email letting you know that the talent pathways process is open um, you can then put your name forward for becoming a part of the solicitor's apprenticeship program um, initially they just sort of take all the names in and because it's an internal process they contact the manager of the person who is applying and the manager will provide a statement um, to support you becoming a solicitor's apprentice um, and you also have to give a statement as to why you think you're a good fit they did make it very clear throughout the application process that it is it is a full-on apprenticeship and I think that's why they required the statement from both manager and the person who's taking it on because throughout the process they made sure that I knew what I was getting into when I signed up for it. Uh, obviously I have my one day study day per week but that that's the studying doesn't stop there. I can guarantee that I do studying at the weekend and when I get home from work um, because there's so much to do. Um, and, but they make sure you know that throughout the application process. Um, that's why they want to make sure that you're such a good fit for the programme because it takes a lot of dedication. Um, so once they've got those statements from both yourself and your manager, they will set up a it's an interview slash presentation. So um, I can't remember who I had the interview with now, but um, it was almost you had to give a 15-minute presentation on, again, yourself, um, your pathway into the law, why you think you're a good fit, what you hope to get out of the programme. Um, it was quite a formal process. It wasn't just a chat with someone internally. But, yes, you give the presentation and then they go away and I think they must just review all of the cohort that have put their name forward and then they make sure that you're a good fit and then they let you know that you're on the programme. So... That's excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. What I thought was interesting was the interview process that you had from the paralegal apprentice to the solicitor apprentice and how it was, you didn't just immediately get it. And they wanted to make sure that, you know, that you really understood what you were getting yourself into, that you really wanted to, you really want to be a solicitor. And, you know, that's something that I think that the paralegal apprenticeship is so important to have you're really giving 
a, a real experience to people who are interested in a career in law rather than than just you know perhaps a traditional training contract application where um firms are interviewing people from you know straight out of university and you know um hiring from there um so I do think that the paralegal apprenticeship really is fantastic because it offers you know real experiences um, yeah definitely um, I am um, it is I think it's important I'm really happy that I did the paralegal apprenticeship you can go straight onto the solicitors one um but for me even though it's an extra two years I think I'd still do it again um because you're getting that in, entry level into law and the solicitor's apprenticeship is a six-year program you're committing yourself to a very long process of becoming a lawyer and if halfway through you sit there and think actually this isn't for me it, I, you could leave I guess but you have committed yourself to that period so I think it's a really good idea for people to come in and do the two years and just become part of the legal industry and understand what it entails before you make the decision to go on to that one yeah so Tom how do you think the apprenticeship scheme compares to a traditional training contract I qualified through the traditional route way back when, so university, law school, and then with a training contract at a large international firm. Uh, the programme at each stage was excellent and thoroughly enjoyed the experience. I think it's, it's personal preferences, so it's, it's, it's horses for courses. Certain individuals will thrive um, in, a, in a full-time university setting. Uh, learning, picking up different life skills, forming new relationships. You know, there's some there's some there's some serious benefits to that. So I'm 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 a big fan of the traditional route. I I, I always will be. I think. Um, and also, it that gives you an opportunity as well. You might want to take your degree and like like you and and, and many of my friends, they'll, they'll get the law degree and then they may go on and do something different. They might not necessarily have their heart set on being a, a lawyer or a solicitor in the conventional the conventional sense. Um, but for others. You know, again, the apprentice scheme wasn't around when, when I was there. I must say, I, I, I flip a coin every day. Would I have done it? Would I have not? Because it offers some incredible benefits for the, for the right person. Again, we, we touched on earlier for, for someone that's 18 years old coming to do two years as a paralegal and then, as George said, do another two, three years as a solicitor apprentice and then another three years on top of that to complete the solicitor's apprentice, rather. That's a big undertaking. You know, you, you, your friends can be off at university, uh, leading a very different life to you, and you know you're you're there in an office with a with a with a vastly different rotor uh, um, and, and different group of people. So it's very much personal preference. I think for the right candidates, and I think what's really important is that the firm properly supports the individual. The development that you can get month on month and year by year, the apprenticeship we offer in particular has some fantastic opportunities. Um, and again, we're, we're offering not just this, but we're offering other routes into qualification. You know, it's important that you are supporting as many different parts of the market. We want to get the best people. We want the best people to support our business and clients. Um, so it's nice to be able to offer different routes. And you go around our office now or even our, 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 our team uh, and you'll see that people have come in through many different routes. And there's going to be many more over the next few years, no doubt. So, yeah, I'll, Sitting on the fence there, like a conventional lawyer, I suppose. Uh, horses for courses, and it's it's really important that someone who's thinking about this, going back to what Georgia says, you know, think deeply. Don't 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 just follow the herd. I, I saw that in a coffee shop recently, and it really resonated. Don't just fall into something. Make sure that you know when you do something, you do it for a reason. What do you like? What do you want to achieve? Yeah, I mean, you know, six years of learning does sound like perhaps a long time um but you know six years out of your life for a life career you know is isn't isn't that long at all and it's just about making sacrifices I think for a better future which sometimes you know sometimes you just have to make sacrifices not that I think spending six years in a apprentice apprentice or any kind of education is a sacrifice I think it's a wonderful thing to um, to be in education for you know a, a six years. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a commitment, isn't it? Yeah. So whatever you choose, you know, it's a commitment. And for Georgia, like I said, it was two and six, so it's eight years. Um, 
And, you know, you go off to university, you know, it's bigger questions. It's debt, it's potentially living away. It's, it's you know, it's all sorts of challenges that, that, that or, or, or indeed appeals. You know, it's, it's, it's push and pull factors, isn't it? So it's, it's nice that we're at a stage in society where there are so many different routes so people have choices. Um, I mean, you then get to the stage where, oh, my God, I've got too many choices. Um, so it's, it's very, very important that people, you know, they seek the guidance, they, they, they look at what they're good at and, and, and seek out the right routes for them. Absolutely. Uh, so, Georgia, what are the next steps for you once you have completed your apprenticeship? It feels so far away. <laughs> um, obviously, I've got another four years on the course. Um, once I qualify, where I've been studying for so long, I'm actually just quite looking forward to just doing my job, <laughs> just coming in and doing the job and not having to worry about an exam or revision or anything else. Um, obviously, you qualify as a solicitor and then internally you have got different options about what you want to do, what team you want to work. As a qualified solicitor, you pick your area of law, essentially, what area you want to work in. And obviously, if you stay with the company, you've got progression routes there in terms of promotions and different bits and pieces but for me I think the focus at the minute is completing the course and then working for a while and just figuring out where I want to be and what I want to do because when you're learning constantly you don't really have that time to sit there and think what am I going to do in four years time when I qualify it'll be quite nice to just work and figure out what area of law you want to go in I mean I really like the area of law that we do here and within the team with Tom so I have no doubt that that would be the area of law I want to go into but it's just qualifying and taking that time to figure out what your next steps are after that. Nice nice um so Tom have you any words of wisdom for uh, future apprentices? I think it's one of those things where someone comes up with something cliche like know your you know be yourself but I think it's more important about like knowing yourself and understanding what makes you tick what are your strengths what are your weaknesses what do you like what do you dislike so if, if you can do that at an early stage you're then able to try and carve out a career and, and pick the best route that's for you so yeah I, I, I think it comes down to developing an understanding of yourself and of others and, and then you can make much more informed choices and yeah if you can do that you, you'll go far in most areas I'm going to push you a little bit now on this. How how do you best advise people get to know themselves? If you, if you had if you had to say something, because living in the world that we live in now, where everything is so fast paced, and where there is a pressure to go to school, get a training contract, you know, do everything so linear like that. How do you advise people just take a second and get to know themselves? Yeah, no, it's a good question, and I think it's one of those things that that. You know, it it comes with experience. You know, you you as 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 you get on, you you start to reflect a lot more, and you start questioning decisions that you've made in the past. You start being pleased with some, not so pleased with others, and you learn and you evolve. Like I said earlier, it's perpetual forward momentum. I think the best thing to do is to pause, and sometimes we don't have the luxury of that. As you said, it's very linear. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. Well, no, no, no. Not necessarily. If you do that, all you're going to be doing is jumping through a process. It's the same in what we do on a case. So if, if you're going to do that, you're going to end up with every case at trial. And there's going to be, you know, historically, years and years ago, you'd see all these lawyers on, on court doorsteps settling. No, 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 no. Take the time at the start. Weigh up what you like, what outcomes you're going to try to achieve. And then you can get there a little bit better. You can make your decisions earlier. You can make your decisions more informed. You know, what do you like? What makes you tick? Do, do you like the sound? I mean, if, if you're someone who's just seen a Hollywood movie and go, uh, you know, or anyone that's currently watching the, uh, as we're probably, I'm, I'm hooked to YouTube at the moment for the, uh, uh, the trial that's currently taking Hollywood. I mean, it's fascinating. I'm pretty sure that, you know, half of my, my friends are, are, are Googling hearsay every five minutes just to fully understand what's happening. But if, 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 if that's your motivation, think very, very carefully, because that's not necessarily what real life is always about. You know, Georgia will tell you to come here at 18 is not an easy thing. You know, you're expected to be in an office with a, with a demographic of seasoned lawyers who've been doing this for a very long time. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's 
I think it's taking a pause, taking a time out, understanding what makes you tick, um, understanding you know where you where you want to find yourself. Um, people that just set out in life, just you know, with a focus to to, to I don't know uh, to make money or to be something. You know, it's, it's much better to try and focus on on the journey and and the rest and the rest kind of comes. Um, Sorry, that's a little bit deep, isn't it? No, not not at all. You know, it just reminds me of what you said earlier about doing differently. You know, you don't need to follow the herd. It's okay to take a second. I always find it's it's very um, helpful to. I mean, I'm, this is not at all a shameless plug, but um, I do listen to a lot of podcasts and get other people's uh, perspective of things and. You know, I just like to listen to inspirational podcasts and well, a whole range, really, um, because you get a lot of different as a, you know, this um, phrase keeps coming up, lived experiences. And you start to understand that it's OK not to, um, you know, do certain things just because everybody else is. Um but you've got to be conscious of your echo. You've got to be conscious of your echo chamber. I mean, we talked about data and here we are. You know, I'm going to bring it back to data. Um, but once you've got as much information as you can, different perspectives, I mean, you know, you want to be a lawyer, the first thing someone will say to you is go and talk to a lawyer about it. You know, don't just go and talk to a lawyer. Talk about other people who wanted to be a lawyer and perhaps didn't go on to be a lawyer. You know, Georgia mentioned earlier, you know, she started going off to university and then realised that she would perhaps prefer to be working in an office and taking on an apprenticeship with a more practical approach. But, you know, it's, it's, it's something completely different for, for, for someone else with different preferences. I absolutely agree. I agree with that 100%. I've come to the end of um, my questions. So really the last thing that I have to say is that I'm very much looking forward to the 20th uh, year anniversary of the apprenticeship scheme, but I'm very confident that we will absolutely speak before then. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on the show. You provided fantastic and very valuable insights um for our our listeners and um i hope that we get to catch up again soon thank, thank you stephanie <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you very much we really hope that it's something that is of, of use to your listeners Absolutely. Um, and even, even if it just gives them an opportunity to as we say to to pause and, and think for a moment about what they'd like to do definitely um, I'm going to put links to Plexus Law Apprenticeship Scheme in the show notes, as well as, you know, the um, podcast that we've spoken about, the Matt Abraham and, um, well, everything that we've spoken about in the show. So um, if anybody wants to check out the Apprenticeship Scheme, you'll be able to find it on the show notes or on the um, Plexus Law website. Thank you, Tom. And thank you, Georgia, for joining us on this episode of the Shin Lawyer podcast. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Student Lawyer podcast. We'll see you back here for the next episode. Thank you and goodbye. To hear more of the Student Lawyers podcast, hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review. If you would like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com.